to Sean and Jacob's History Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the evolution of literally anything and everything football. Let's get into it. Football originated as a mix between rugby and soccer, which were both very popular sports around the world. In fact, these sports are still popular in many places. Most colleges at this time, around the 1880s, either had a rugby team or a soccer team or both. However, some of the colleges of this era played a mix between the two. This is when gridiron football was born. The first intercollegiate football game was played between Princeton and Rutgers on November 6, 1869. Rutgers won this game 6-4. Since this game was the first ever college game, universal rules had not yet been established. This made the Rutgers-Princeton game more like a soccer and rugby game than a modern football game. We can credit most of the major developments in American football to a man named Walter Camp. Camp was a successful athlete playing on Yale's rugby team. After playing for Yale, he came up with ideas for rule changes for the sport of rugby. His ideas became more well-known at rules conventions in the 1880s, one significant development being at the Massasoit Convention. Here, Walter Camp proposed many modern rules, such as the line of scrimmage, the snap to start the play, and the number of points awarded for a touchdown six points, and field goal, three points. These rules still exist today. Walter Camp also lowered the number of players on the field to 11. Among his other accomplishments, Camp introduced the NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association. The NCAA was designed to look after college athletics. Camp was also a creator of the American Football Rules Committee. This group changed football significantly by making the game more about athletics, speed, and skill to reduce rates of injury. This group also was the first group to make the forward pass a legal move in football. Now on to professional football. The first ever professional football player was William Pudge Effelfinger. He was paid $500 to play a game for the Allegheny Athletic Association in a game against the Pittsburgh Athletic Club. This game took place in 1892. Heffelfinger played defensive and offensive line and stood six foot three inches tall and weighed 200 pounds. Pudge was later determined to be the first ever professional football player, but records of this were not released until 80 years after the game. This makes the Latrobe Athletic Association's quarterback, John Brayer, the first player to admit that he was paid to play football. Brayer was paid $10 in cakes. The Latrobe Athletic Association then went on to become the first team to pay all of their players for an entire season in 1897. After professional football really caught on, there were two major leagues, the AFL and the NFL. There was one basic rule. If it was followed, football would be very different today. And that rule was that players from one team could not be traded or signed to a different league's team. Yet they still couldn't follow that rule. That's right. My favorite team, the New York Giants, which were an NFL team, signed a kicker named Pete Gogolak, who previously played for the Buffalo Bills, an AFL team. On June 8, 1966, the leagues merged due to there not being a way to trade players between the leagues. And now, the best team from each conference faces off against each other in the Super Bowl. And those, com- and those conferences were the two leagues, hence the conference names, AFC and NFC Conference. We will take a break from actual football and talk about the development of equipment for the moment. 
One of the main things that separates rugby and gridiron football is the need for protective equipment. The development of this equipment is driven by the development of technology around football. The earliest piece of protective equipment in football was the padded pen. These pens were introduced in the 1880s and were not mandatory at this time. The pads were made of layered canvas and leather. Padded pens have not changed much over time, however, the old materials were replaced with more modern materials such as nylon. The next piece of equipment that was introduced to football was the shoulder pads. A Princeton student named L.P. Smock introduced the concept of shoulder pads in 1887, about eight years after his team played Rutgers in the first intercollegiate football game. Early shoulder pads were made of leather and wool. These pads were not modern and were integrated into the jersey of a player. The first shoulder pads to match the modern style of slip-on shoulder pads, pads that slip over the shoulder and attach to the abdomen, were manufactured just after 1900, and plastic shoulder pads were not introduced until the 1960s and 70s. As technology advanced, the need for lots of material for protection decreased and increased mobility and ventilation became the norm, instead of huge bulky pads. The next piece of equipment on our list is the helmet. The first helmets were leather caps that were worn in the 1993 Army-Navy game. These helmets were oftentimes crude layers of mold skin, leather, and wool that did not cover the whole head. Helmets were not mandatory until 1939 for college football and not until 1943 for pro football. The first helmets did not have face masks, so players wore disturbing looking nose guards. The first true face mask came along in 1940 when Riddell patented the plastic helmet more specifically the BT-5 model. This is when Riddell made the Cleveland Browns quarterback Otto Graham a face mask made of a material called Lucite. Lucite was later banned by the NFL due to its tendency to shatter. Nowadays, the equipment is a lot better and safer. Now there are lists ranking equipment. The most notable of these is the Virginia Tech equipment rankings. For years, that has been the number one source for football equipment. In August of 2014, Riddell came out with the Speedflex. This was premier technology at the time and another great model for football's main equipment brand. In 2017, they remodeled the protection system to fit perfectly around the player's head. They would scan the player's head and make a custom fit helmet liner that fits perfectly. In 2018, however, Nut remodeled their main helmet, the F7, into a newer version that took the game by storm. Trying to retake the number one spot, Riddell remodeled the Speedflex again to make the liner 3D printed to fit the player's head. As amazing as this helmet is, it is still no match for the F7, which is clearly the superior helmet, even in this year's rankings. Football continues to change dramatically, and more rule changes are still being proposed to increase player safety. The history of football will most likely be a relevant topic as long as the game exists due to all that people change and like about football. Thank you for listening to Jacob and Sean's History of Football podcast. And cue the outro song. But first, our sources were BleacherReport.com, The Evolution of Football Equipment, EncyclopediaBritannica.com, National Football League, HistoryExtra.com, American Football Super Bowl Facts, History of American Football on YouTube, and DailyHistory.org, How Did American Football Develop, Movavi.com, History of American Football, ThePeopleHistory.com, Football History, 
and ProFootballHallOfFame.com connect history and finally SportsSierra.com history of American football.